Uh huh. Everybody else You see that? You're a leader, brother. Natural leader. They following you. <laughs> All right. Well, turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, verse 7. And we've been talking for some time about prayer. We've been talking about it in different ways, though. Some of the ways we talk about it, you wouldn't even think we're talking about prayer, but we are. And tonight we're still talking about prayer. Psalm, uh, Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. I've got some Bibles over here. You need a Bible there, brother? Oh, well, i got a Bible right here. Right? You don't need Bibles here. Sister Rita, you want to share? Sister Rita gave me a whole bunch of Bibles. I got King James here. Oh, you didn't get yours? <laughs> Anybody else need a Bible tonight? We got some extra Bibles laying around here. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23 and 7. Amen. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he's, he said to thee, but his heart is not with thee. What I want you to focus on is the very first sentence. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I think the old King James says, as a man thinketh, so is he. I think that's how the old King James says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And that's what we want to focus on tonight, is starting with that scripture. Now remember, we're talking about prayer. Talking about prayer. Let's pray for the anointing to receive and to understand. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful time we had during worship, God. Just, Just having a good time praising you. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this powerful word, this teaching that you have brought to us. We ask you for your anointing of understanding, Lord, to minister to our hearts and our minds and our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, what you think about and what you focus on, I like what Sister Julia says, what you focus on, you start to become. And we have to be careful about what we think about. I was telling the teenagers, they got to think about what you're thinking about. Amen? How many of y'all know it's important to think about what you're thinking about? Some of the things that come to my mind, Brother Frankie, I'll I'll just be honest with you. Some of the things that come to my mind, I don't need to be thinking about. Mm -mm. And when I realize I'm thinking about something I don't need to be thinking about, you know what I do? I say, stop that. (laughs) Stop thinking about that. Uh-uh, mind. You just can't wander off and just begin to daydream and think about what you want to think about. Uh-uh. We're not thinking about that. You know, I do that when I lay down and go to sleep. I'll lay down and go to sleep, and I'll think about what I'm thinking about. And if I'm thinking about something I don't need to be thinking about, I correct it. Because, see, I want to go to sleep with peace. Amen. I don't want to be dreaming about no Freddy Krueger up in my dreams. Amen. So if I so if I start thinking about some Freddy Krueger before I go to sleep, go, oh, stop that, rebuke that dream in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My last nightmare—I don't know if I ever told you guys this—but my last nightmare was about Freddy Krueger. It was. I was in the army. I was at Fort Jackson. I know exactly where I was at. I was at AIT at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I was up in the barracks, and I was dreaming about Freddy Krueger. And I was running from God at the same time. I wasn't, I wasn't living right God. I mean, I knew about the Lord. I knew when I was 14, I gave my heart to Him. But through my teenage years, I was running. I was running as a young man. But I dreamed about Freddy Krueger chasing me. And I mean, I dreamed about this joker for three nights in a row. And I don't like them kind of dreams, you know. And the thing about it is, when I would wake up today and then to go back to sleep that night, it's like I was picking up a movie scene 
and we were continuing on in the dream. <sighs> well, about that third night, I got tired of dreaming that. And I got tired of running. I was physically running. And I hate running, by the way. I, whoo, running, I'd hate running. I, they come out there and get us all in, in, in the, y'all know what I'm talking about. I get you all in, the, in, in together and, and get your platoon going. And we're going to go on the fun run. And I say, y'all lying because ain't nothing fun about running. Amen. So I couldn't stand to run. And there I was running from Freddy Krueger. About that third night, I got tired of running. And like I said, I was, I was running from God. And I turned around and I was waiting for him to catch up. I got tired of running. So I just stopped. I turned around. I just waited for him to catch up. Finally, he caught up with me. And I just looked at him. And remember, I said I was, I was running from God. I was, I was lost. I was undone. I was running from God. I looked at Freddy Krueger and I said, Don't you know that Jesus Christ loves you and wants to save your soul? And just like that, that was the last nightmare I ever had. I'm telling you, I've never had another nightmare. I woke up and I said, Lord, what does that mean? <laughs> Me too, Freddy Krueger, he need to get saved. And like I said, I was running from God back then. But God knew what he was doing. I thank God that was the last nightmare I ever had. Ever since then, I think about what I'm thinking about before I go to sleep. <laughs> Amen. Because as you think in your heart, so is he. Amen. Go to Matthew, the 12th chapter, look at verse 34. We touched on some of this last week. We're just kind of picking back up, and then we're going to take off with it again and build upon this foundation that we're, that we're on. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 34th verse, it says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things for out of... Let's see, where we go? That's that one to copy... A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of an evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, last week I was talking about that movie I was watching with my grandson, Lukey or Loki or whatever it's called. And when he got to that point where all them papers were stacked up and he said, you got to sign for every word you've ever said, that just grabbed me. And I thought about this scripture. So here that, here that character was about to sign for every word he ever said in that movie, and I thought about this scripture. What if that's us? Huh? What if we get to heaven and there's a big old desk and, all, and the stack of papers is high on that desk and it's every word you've ever said. Huh? And an angel hands you a pen and says, I need you to sign verifying that you said all this. Huh? First of all, I don't want to read all that. Too many pages, right? But look at what Jesus said. For every idle word, every idle word, every word that, you know, you didn't mean, I didn't mean it. Anybody ever said that? You ever say something to somebody? Oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Every idle word, cuss words, lying words, nonsense words, telling jokes that ain't even funny. You ever done that? You ever told a joke that ain't even funny? Yeah. Idle words. <laughs> idle words. So we're going to give an account for every, every idle word. But look what it says. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man 
out of evil treasures of his heart, bring forth that which is evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, look at what Jesus is saying. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, people say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. You wouldn't have said it if you didn't mean it. Out of the abundance of the heart. It's in there somewhere. You just didn't like it. Nobody liked it when you said it. But the truth is, it's in your heart. It wasn't in your heart when you said it. If you really wasn't thinking about it, we wasn't dwelling on it, it wouldn't have come out. Amen. It's like I heard somebody say one time, if it ain't in you, it can't come out of you. Hmm? Anybody got an anger problem? If, you, if anger's not inside you, it won't come out of you. Come on. Anybody got a lying problem? If lying ain't inside you, it won't come out of you. Hello? Amen. Come on. Well, what about anybody got that attitude? I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Well, don't give it away too much. You ain't got much left. <laughs> but if it ain't in you, it won't come out of you. Come on. Anger, bitterness, cursing, lying. If that stuff's not in a person, it won't come out. But look at what Jesus says. Out of the abundance of the heart. What are you filling your heart with? What are you filling your soul with? You know, the heart is your soul. We're talking about your soul. We ain't talking about that organ that's pumping. We're talking about your soul. Out of the abundance of your soul, you put in. You know, that's why staying in the Word is so important. That's why staying connected to Jesus is so important. And speak His words instead of our own words. You know, one of the most important things I think the Lord ever said that we need to really think about a lot is where Jesus says, I only speak the words that I hear my Father speak. What if we did that? What if we just didn't speak unless we knew it was the words of Jesus? You know? If Jesus didn't say it, don't say it. A lot of us wouldn't have a whole lot to say, would we? We'd be quiet. <laughs> We'd have a whole lot to say. If we only spoke what Jesus spoke. Well, that's what Jesus said. I only speak what the Father speaks. Hmm. Turn to um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We're still talking about prayer, by the way. We haven't gotten off prayer. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now, y'all should know this. Lord, I preached a five, six-week series. It's hanging out there on the wall. Here's you come in the foyer, look to the right, and you'll see these words. Be renewed. Be, be recreated. Be transformed. Remember that series came right out of this, this scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, hmm, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you realize that the reason he says renewing of your mind is because the renewing of your mind is also your soul? Notice the scripture says it talks about the saving of the soul. Does it talk about the saving of your heart, your organ? Does it talk about the saving of your toe or your leg? Does it talk about the saving of your arm? It talks about the saving of your soul. So your mind is your soul. How many of y'all realize that when, when you die, when your body dies, and you're, you're, you close your eyes for the last time and you take your last breath, how many of you realize you, you might be brain dead, but you ain't mind dead. Your mind is still going to have thoughts. You're still going to be thinking. You're still going to be talking. 
Hello? Because you're still going to be living. Yeah, you're going to be living. So, you're, so don't, don't connect brain with mind. No, your mind is your soul. That's your, that's your intellect. That's, your, that's who you are. That brain is just an organ that is being used. That's all. You'll, be, you'll still be you. After you're dead, you'll still be thinking and having thoughts and talking and everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. Brother Devlin, you're still going to be talking after you're dead. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Probably be singing, singing in that heavenly choir the way you sing up here, brother. Amen. <laughs> but look at what it says. Be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do we do that? That holy Bible you got in your lap. That Bible. Getting in that Word. Learning the words of Jesus. Focusing on the words of Jesus. Studying the words of Jesus. Thinking about what you're thinking about. Think about the words of Jesus. And as you do, your mind will begin to, begin to renew. You begin to change how you think. You change how you think. How many of us, how many of us think differently now that Christ is in our, in our life? Christ is in our, in our heart and our soul. We think differently, don't we? We do. Get into God's and say, Amen. Amen. But it, it goes deeper than that, though. Doesn't it, doesn't it change our character, who we are? I mean, before I got saved, you know, I was a liar. I was an adulterer. I was a drunk. Let's see. I was, I was angry all the time, so I was quick to fight, you know. I was selfish. Amen. Well, don't look at me too hard. So was you. Amen. Before we get saved, ain't we all those things? Aren't we selfish? Don't we lie? Don't we cheat? Don't come on. We cheat on our taxes. Don't care about it. Amen. <laughs> I said, I said, that's before we get saved now, Jan. Hold on. <laughs> but don't, we, don't our character change after we get saved? When our character changes, we don't want to lie no more. We don't know lie no more. No. You know, after I got saved, though, the Lord, the, the Lord changed my way of thinking about lying. He did. He changed my way of thinking. You know what the Lord told me? He says, only little kids lie. You grown. What, you, what are you lying for? If somebody don't like the truth, they just don't like the truth. You ain't got to lie to cover it up. Just tell the truth. Lying is for little kids. If somebody lies, they ain't really grown. I, I tell my girls that. They, they're 30 years old. I said, you ain't grown if you're lying. If you still got a lie to protect yourself, then you ain't even grown. You're still a kid. Amen. Adult, adults don't need a lie. Why? They don't need to. Be an adult. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. So we change our character. I mean, we change how we think. We change how we talk. Because our minds are renewed in the Word of God. The Word of God begins to change us on the inside. Amen. I remember the day. I still remember the day that I stopped cussing. How many of y'all remember that day y'all stopped cussing? Amen. Some of y'all still looking for it, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> I got him, Diane. I got him. Did you see that? Oh, hook, bait, and everything. Oh, I got him. I got him good. I was in the shop one day. And I was bad to let a little cuss word if I got hurt. You know, when I get hurt, especially if you turn the wrenches, I mean, you hurt, you hurt your fingers. With so, I something about your finger. You, you, you squish your finger, and you'll feel it all over you. 
you feel like I, I mean your earlobe will begin to hurt when you squish your finger. You just hurt all over. Your little toe will begin to cry. I mean you when you when you squish your fingers, it just and so I was in the shop one day and that thumb right there, I whacked that thumb real hard with a hammer. I did, I whacked it. I whacked it. But instead of me letting out a cuss word, I go, mm. I, I, I just shut my lips. I go, mm. And I grabbed my thumb, you know, after a while it stopped hurting. And all of a sudden I realized, I didn't say a cuss word. Normally I would have got mad, threw a wrench across a shop, you know, cussed out the truck, you know. Amen. But that time I didn't, and I realized I didn't have to cuss him. And that's when I realized God had changed something inside me. He changed something inside me. You see, my mind was being renewed and transformed by the Word of God. The more preaching I heard, the more Bible I read, the more praying I did, the more time I spent in my music and praise and worship and spending time with God, it began to change me. And I realized... I didn't do the things I used to do. I didn't think the way I used to think. Amen. Where did I tell you all go? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, brother, I just can't control what I think about. Paul says you can. I, I believe I believe Paul over you. The apostle Paul says you can think of, you can you can decide what you think about. You can control what you think about. Apostle, uh, Paul says right here. The apostle Paul tells us what to think about. Think there are things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good report, things that are virtue. If there are any praise, think on these things. Think about the good things. Amen. Amen. You know my. My wife's still struggling with the death of her parents, and I mean, she's she's still battling every day, and she's wondering when it's going to end. And you and I both know it ain't really going to end. And I just tell her it's going it'll, it'll get better in time, but it won't never end, you know. But I tell her, I said, I said, honey, don't don't think about all the, all the bad times, because she had a rough childhood. I mean, you, you talk to Angel about her childhood, and she you go cry somewhere. I mean, because she, she talks about her Christmas getting repossessed, you know. She, she talk, I mean, she tell you some sad stories. She tell you, you know, about not having no Christmas at all as a little girl and not having no food in the house. She can tell you all kinds of stuff. And I tell her, honey, think about the good things. Think about the good times you had with your mom. Think about the good times you had with your dad. Focus on those good things. Forget about the bad. Try to, try, try to push your mind away from the bad things. And just focus on the good things. And she began to do that. She realized that there was some good times in her, in her childhood. You know? And if, if we all do that, we'll realize that there's some good times in our lives. Amen? Not every day you and I live is a good day. Some of us had hard lives as kids. And some of us have hard lives as adults. And some of us had a hard life today. Amen? But you know, there's some good things in our lives too. And we choose to think about those things. Amen. I tell you, when, when, uh, when I need something good to think about, I just go find my little Charlotte, my little, 
my little granddaughter, because she just lights my life up. I just go find her and give her a hug, and boy, everything's perfect again. Whatever was wrong is made right, you know, because that little baby just lights you up, you know. She's so full of love. She's so innocent. She don't, she don't know there's any evil in the world. She thinks everybody's good, you know. And I just love that about her, you know. So we think we focus on the good things. And that's what Paul was telling us. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have hard times. But Paul says, focus on the good days. Focus on the good times. Amen? All right, listen, I, I got my 35-year-old daughter and 34-year-old daughter. And, and they ain't where I want them to be. You know, they're not. They don't always do what I want them to do. They don't always behave the way I want them to behave. Amen. But you know, I think about them when they were just little babies. Amen. I think about them when they were just five years old. And think about them when they were just little. It helps me get through the hard times with them today. It helps me get through the hard times today of whatever I'm doing with them on when I think about them being little, little kids. You know? Think about the good days. Amen? Amen. Amen. James chapter 3. Looking at the third verse, James chapter 3. We're still talking about prayer. Still talking about prayer. James chapter 3, looking at verse 3. It says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships which, though they be so great, are driven with a fierce wind, yet they turn about with a very small hymn. Whatsoever the governor listens, even so the tongue is a member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter of a little fire kindleth. A tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. And is set on fire the course of nature, and is set on the fires of hell. For every kind of beast of the birds and serpents of things of the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and there we curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brother, these things ought not to be so. So look at what James is saying. Look at what James is saying here. Well, you know, our tongue and our mouth, it's, it's a very small, I guess it's an organ, I don't know what you would call it really. Muscle, I guess, probably more of a muscle, I guess what it would be. If it wasn't for your tongue, you can't talk, right? You can't talk without a tongue. You've got to have a tongue to talk. But look at what James is saying. The tongue can no man tame. You can't tame it. You can tame all the animals on the planet, but you can't tame the tongue. And you think about that horse, that little, that little bit going in that horse's mouth, and you can just move that horse anywhere you want it to go. Even big, strong animals like that can be controlled. But the tongue can no man tame. No man can, but God can. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can change our tongue. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can do that by the renewing of our mind, by getting the Word of God and being... Recreated, being, re, being transformed, being renewed. That's the only way the tongue can be tamed. 
is through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. So only God can tame the tongue. And the tongue is such an important part of our prayer life. You know, I told you, we're talking about prayer in a whole different way. We're still talking about prayer. Because what you speak is so important. It's like I heard a preacher say one time, um, you, can't, you can't talk about a, pray for a square house and talk about a round house. You know? Oh, I, I want to build, I wanna build a, a square house. You know, a square house is what my family needs. But all I can afford is a roundhouse. You know? You're going to have to change how you talk. You know? It's like somebody was telling me about their hip just tonight. I picked the kids up and somebody got a bad hip. And said, they want to do hip surgery on me, but I don't want them to. I said, brother, start talking to that hip. That's what I told him. He just looked at me. Yeah, talk to that hip. Tell that hip to straighten up. Tell that hip to stop hurting. Tell that hip to be healed. Amen. You got to change how you talk. You know, oh, this hip is just killing me. Y'all pray for me. This hip is just killing me. I'm going to die. This, yeah, it's going to be in the grave of me. I'm telling you, this hip is going to just carry me to my death. No, you can't talk like that and then want people to pray for you to get healed. It ain't going to work. You got to have to change how you talk. You start speaking to it. Amen. I got a football injury in my knee when I was a kid. Every now and then it'll start hurting. You know what I do? I start talking to you. Why are you hurting? I didn't kick you. I didn't hit you. Nothing hit you today. I didn't jump on you. You ain't got no business hurting. Stop hurting in Jesus' name. Y'all look at me funny, but that's exactly what I do. And I say it just like that. Amen. I do the same thing with my arm. Same thing with my arm. I got arthritis one year. Lord, how many years has it been? I've been here, what, three years, going four years? I think it was my first year with y'all doing yard sale. I knew I was in trouble. See, that's how y'all ran all them pastors off. I figured it out. All these yard selling y'all be doing. Y'all ran these folks off. Y'all wore them out. Arthritis set in on my shoulder. I couldn't hardly raise my arm. Just like that. Arthritis set in so bad on that shoulder. Set in so bad. You know what I did? I begin to talk to it. I begin to rebuke it. I begin to force that arm to go up, force it up. It crack, I mean, snap, crackle, pop. You know, you get arthritis in your shoulder like that, boy, it just, it'll hurt you. It will. And you know the Lord healed that? Healed that? I was out there playing with the kids one time. They threw a ball up, and, and I was still in pain, and I, I threw that arm up, grabbed that ball. I thought I was going to have to hit the ground, called 911. I was done. I, I felt like somebody ripped my arm off. Just ripped it right off my shoulder. But I just began to pray, and I began to rebuke it. I said, hey, you ain't got no business having no arthritis in that arm. In the name of Jesus. You know what happened? It tried to switch arms on me. It did. You ever had arthritis travel through your body to another location? It did. It went from this arm, Brother Frankie, over here to this one. And I looked, I said, what are you doing? That's wrong arm. Look over there. I, I talked to it. Now, y'all think I'm crazy, right? <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's what Jesus did. Look in the Scriptures. When Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law, she laid on the bed, sick of the fever. Jesus looks over at her, and He talks to the fever. And He rebukes the fever, and commands the fever 
to leave. Why? Because that fever could hear him. He wasn't talking to the mother-in-law. He talked to the fever. Look it up in Scriptures. Jesus talked to things. He did. He talked to the dead and told them to rise. He talked to the blind and told them to see. Amen. He talked. Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light. How do you think all this came about? God was talking. And God said, let there be a seed. And God said, let there be a son. And God said, let there be this and let there be that. So see, your speaking has got a lot to do with your prayer life. What you speak. You can't pray for a square house and talk a round house. It ain't going to work. You can't talk about healing and pray it, praying about healing, but talking about sickness. Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so beat up. I'm hurting so bad. I'm hurting so bad. And how many of y'all in this church remember, remember me having a problem with, with my arm? How many of y'all remember? One? Anybody else? Two? Very few. They ain't talk about it a lot. They ain't talk about it a lot. Amen. And say that's how you that's how you do things. Amen. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 through 11. Maybe this will bring some clarity to what I'm trying to trying to share with you tonight so you can see what I'm saying. So you'll realize that preacher ain't so crazy after all. Well, maybe he is. <laughs> but he's a good kind of crazy. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. This is God speaking. God says, From my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts in your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. All right, watch this. Highlight it. Get your magnifying glass out. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper into the thing whereunto I send it. Look at what God is saying. My word that goes forth out of my mouth, it will prosper into the thing that I send it. This is what God is saying. Did you ever read in Genesis where God made man in his own image? Amen. We are made in the image of God. What we speak does have a lot to do with our life. It has a lot to do with how we live. It does. It has a lot to do. How we think has a lot to do with how we live. It does. It does. You know, I had to go to Atlanta this morning... My customer called me and said the truck wasn't building up any air pressure. Well, you know, inside my, inside me, I, I had to know that I know how to do that. I know how to fix that. I have to think that way. I have a, have a mechanical mind. I've been trained to you know, think like a mechanic. My grandfather was a mechanic. My daddy was taking out transmissions, rebuilding them at 13 years old. So I come from a family of mechanics. So when he told me, hey, my truck's not building up any air pressure... I knew immediately what probably what the problem was. 90% of the time, what the problem was going to be before I got there. 
So I had to think within myself how to fix the problem before I get there. You know? So I'm thinking about it. But you know, there's also been times when I had a mechanical problem and I didn't know what was wrong with it. But I had to think through some processes to get there. But I knew inside me, somewhere, me and the good Lord were going to figure this thing out. Amen? Because I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to pray over this truck. And I'm going to figure it out. And I have found some things, and the Lord has helped me find some things that computers couldn't find. I just lay hands on it and say, God, what's wrong with it? He began to tell me. But see, I know inside myself that I can think that way. I can think that way. Okay? But now there's a lot of things I don't know how to do. You know, you put me back there in that sound system and say, make this thing work. Oh, boy, I'm in trouble. You give me a, you give me a computer and want me to program a website. I don't even know where to begin. You see? So you, you got to think about what you're thinking about. And so what you think about can be very important, you know. But I'm going to tell you something, though, with the right training and the right reading of the right books and with the right help. I can program a website because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. There's nothing that I cannot learn. Nothing. I don't have to be the smartest man in the world, but I can learn anything that anybody else can learn. Amen. Now, a lot of people don't think that way. Some people call themselves stupid. They call themselves dumb. Oh, I I just, you know, there's no education in, in my family. and They just don't think that way. And they put themselves down. They put others down. You know, can't do that. Got to think. You got to think. You can do it. So as you think in your heart, so is he. And as you think about, so that's why you got to think about what you're thinking about. Look at what God says. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven. And return not thither, but water the earth, and make it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. Let me tell you something. You put the word of God in your mouth, and you speak the word of God, it'll do the same thing. It's just like God speaking it. When you speak God's word, and you got faith in God's word, it'll happen just the way God said it'll happen. You've got to speak God's Word. Amen. Amen. That's why I said earlier, it's so important. One of the most important things Jesus says is, I don't speak of my own. I only speak what my Father tells me to speak. I only speak what I hear Him speak, and I only do what I see Him do. He said this all through the Gospel. He said it all through the Gospels. I only do what my Father does. I only speak what my Father speaks. See? But when Jesus spoke them, Miracles took place just like the Father said it. Jesus spoke it. Now, we can go there and say, well, but He was the Son of God. Yes, He was. But don't forget, He was operating as a man. He was the Son of God. But He laid down that majesty. He laid down that glory. And He took up flesh to act like to become a man. So He operated as a man. Operated as a man. So when you speak God's words in your prayer life, things can happen. But you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. 
So one of the first things I want to encourage you to do is start talking to your bodies. Start talking to your body. And by the way, that arthritis ain't there either. It ain't there. It ain't there. It ain't there. It ain't got it. I talked it away. It got tired of me talking to it. It didn't like what I had to say. Arthritis didn't like what I had to say. It didn't. Because it wanted me to give into it. It wanted me to give into it. It wanted me to remember how uh, uh, arthritis runs in my family. What's that? Rheumatoid arthritis? Is that what it's called? Yeah. That runs in my family. My grandma had it. My daddy's got it. You know? So the devil, you know, he jumped over like a little cartoon. Yeah, you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. You know? And I was like, no. You ever do that? Just, just, just thump the devil off. He's, you know? I mean, y'all remember watching Bugs Bunny cartoon? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got the devil up on your shoulder, an angel over here, and the devil over here, and they did, yeah, 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 you know? Just, just flick him off. Just, just rush him off. Amen. So I began to talk to that arthritis. He didn't like what I had to say because what I said was, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Arthritis, you don't belong in my body. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I don't care how I feel. I don't care I might be in pain right now. I'm still healed in the name of Jesus. And I began to exercise it. I began to exercise it. People were telling me to go to the doctors. And what for? All they're going to do is tell me to go to physical therapy. I can go down here to the gym and do the same thing. So I just began to exercise my arms, begin to exercise it, you know, just work it right on out. Amen. I don't take no pills for arthritis. Sure don't. Uh-uh. No. Doctor said I had that uh, degenerative bone and spine. Or you know, where you got nothing in between the bones, you know, and they just they just smash and grind and Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And you're supposed to be in all kind of pain and you get, you know, lightning shooting down your arm and all that kind of stuff. You know what? I ain't like his report, so I just don't believe it. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I ain't receiving that. But yet when I go to the doctor, they do the bone x-ray. Well, there it is right there. Well, I don't feel nothing. I feel fine. I ain't receiving that in Jesus' name. But, talk to it. but I had to talk to it. Lay your hands back there and talk to it. Talk to it. Begin to lay hands on yourself. Talk to it. I get a headache every now and then. You know what I do? I take that big old hand. Uh, <laughs> that's what I do. Wherever I'm hurting, just put the hand right there. Mine, mine usually start right over the top and go back, back right here, so I just lay hands on it. I say, in the name of Jesus, get out of there. Stop hurting. Talk to it. I'm not receiving it. Rebuke it in Jesus' name. Then I go to sleep. Wake up healed. Amen. Amen. That's, just, that's what happens. If I get a headache, I lay hands on myself, and I go to sleep, and I wake up healed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll take a Tylenol, whatever we got, you know, every now and then for that, for that. But I don't dwell on it. Whatever's going on in my body. What I'm telling you is start talking to your body because when you start talking to your body and you start getting successful in talking to your body, then you'll start talking to your car. Then you'll start talking to your house. Then you start talking to your bank account. I talked to it all. Amen. I was driving to Atlanta this morning and that 2000 GMC pickup truck with over 200,000 miles on it. And I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, truck, you are, you are anointed truck. You are anointed truck. You run so good. You're so blessed. I talk to that truck. I tell that truck how blessed it is. Amen. What's well, better than sitting on the side of the road? 
Amen. Now y'all, it don't really matter what y'all think. I know what I know. I've, I've almost ran out of gas before. I laid hands on my, on my dashboard and I watched the needle go up. It didn't go all the way to full for some reason. I don't know why God just would go ahead and give me a full tank. But he didn't do that. But he gave me enough gas to get home. I've had that happen two or three times in my life. Amen. I heard a preacher one time talking about, this was way back in the 40s, you know, when there no cell phones and all that. And I believe his report. You may not believe it, but I believe it. He was preaching in revival. And uh, he's out in the country. And said he was going home. With no gas station, had money in his pocket, but he couldn't buy no gas. And no gas station, he ran out of gas. In the middle of the night, out in the country, he said he saw a little creek down there, offside the road. So he said the Lord told him to get the. They found a jug, and the Lord told him to get that jug, go down there in that creek, get some of that creek water, and come back to his car with it. He, that's his testimony. He said he was completely out. And he testified, he said he put that water in that gas tank, in that jug, put a gallon of water in there, cranked it up, went home. He said he went to the gas, he said he got after, he went to the garage, he went to the, went to the mechanic shop. Next day, he said, I need you to drop that tank, get that water out of there. He said, I put water in it last night to get home. He said, the mechanic looked at it and says, ain't no water in this tank, it's pure gasoline. Oh, brother, Dad, you just too far out there. You know stuff like that don't happen. Well, have you ever read where Jesus turned water into wine? If Jesus turned water into wine, can he not turn water into gasoline? Oh, you just too far out there, preacher. I just, I, it's just nonsense. Is it really? Is it really? What's your Bible say? Jesus can do anything. All things are possible. That man was stranded in the middle of the night. And he needed to get home. The Lord took care of him. The Lord took care of him. Amen. Talk to your cars when they break down. They start acting crazy. Lay hands on it talk to it. Claim it in the name of Jesus. Just lay hands on it and pray over it. In Jesus' name. We're talking about prayer. Amen. And what, we can, and what we say with our words is so important. As we think, so are we. If we think everything is impossible, guess what? They are. They're impossible to you if you think they're impossible. They are. But they're not impossible if you dare to believe. If you just dare to believe and trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Looks like our children are done. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful time that we've had to you today. God, we thank You for this powerful Word in the name of Jesus, Lord. We ask You for it to be a life-changing Word. Lord, for us to dare to believe, God. Lord, that we would stretch our faith to believe in the impossible. Lord, teach us to speak to our problems the way You taught us to. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. you little youngins have a good time? Yes, sir. Y'all see Brother Wayne about to clean up. Oh, okay.